0: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Stuff No One Told Us About Weight Loss. My name is Eloise, and I'm here with Aaron. And today we're going to be discussing a few lessons that I've learned lately from my recent habit journey. If you've been following along on our Instagram, I've been sharing my own personal habits every single day in August. And there's a few things that I've been learning so far.
1: And I think it's really important too, especially because when a lot of people do hear changing their habits or you know, you need to change your habits. They might have an idea and a lot of the times that is very different to what it actually looks like in practice and for others, they can't picture what that looks like. So for example, in terms of weight loss, what specific habits look like to actually lose weight.
0: Another interesting thing with habits that I think is very common is people have this idea that tracking your habits means that you have this habit tracker where you tick yes or no each day Mm. and that's definitely not how we track habits because I feel like it's very black and white it's very much you either win or you lose when in reality our life doesn't work that way we don't win or lose a day it's there's very much a gray area there that most habit trackers don't take into account which I think does us a real disservice because we need to be tracking the gray areas to feel like we're making progress because you're probably making a lot more progress than your habit tracker tends to show you if you're just tracking the black and white habits.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has been a thing of the past. Like it's very just black and white you either do it or you don't. You have you know, this little checkbox and you might do it for 30 days and you, know, you just cross it off or you tick it off if you do it. And you just leave it blank if you don't do it. And every single time a lot of people hear habits, that's what they presume and that's what they think is going to happen.
0: And they also tend to associate habits with the the idea of habit streaks, Mm. where like if you miss a day, it's a disaster because your streak goes back to zero, Mm. (laughs) which, you know, it can be helpful for motivation sometimes. Like I do get it. But at the same time, when your habit goes back to zero, like your habit streak goes back to zero, if you then get super demotivated and feel like you failed, well, that's not really serving you, is it?
1: That's right. You may have heard that sometimes it takes 31 days to form a habit. You know, if you're doing something like, you don't just magically get to day 31 and then all of a sudden that habit's ingrained. Like it could take longer for some people. Some people might pick it up quicker. Yeah,
0: Research actually shows that the average Time it takes for someone to develop a habit is around 66 days, but that's the average. So, some people will build habits faster, some people will build them slower. And it also depends on the habit that you're actually developing, mm. right? So, a habit to do one thing might take you really quickly, but then building a habit in another area might take you a lot longer. Yeah. Because it depends not only on the habit, but it depends on what's happening in your life at the time, how attached you are to the habit and all sorts of factors come into play that I think just most people just never think about. And they're just constantly either on or off. They're either winning or they're losing. They either have their streak or they've completely failed. And it's just not helping. And that's why I think that we have a really great system. Mm -hmm. You know, Obviously I personally use it myself. That's what I've been sharing with everyone. And I just think that it keeps me constantly motivated and feeling like I'm gaining momentum because it's easy for me to win. Mm. But it's also easy for me to challenge myself on the days when I am feeling good as well. Yeah. So there's three major lessons that I wanna share with you that I've learned so far in tracking and building my own personal habits. And the first one is that it's up to you to keep it fresh and interesting. It's not your plan's responsibility to keep you interested in it. Mm. And this one is massive because I get bored really easily. And so in the past, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, in the past, I would constantly be chop changing different plans, jumping to new plans and stuff as soon as I got bored, right? And the problem is I get bored every couple of weeks. So I'd be like, oh, you know, this plan is feeling a bit boring. It's not really working. Let me try this other plan. Let me try this new exercise plan. Oh, how about this new diet plan? And I'd constantly just be jumping to things, thinking that nothing worked for me because I got bored of it. But the lesson that I've learned is that the responsibility is on me to keep things interesting. Jumping on a new plan never worked because I just got bored of the new thing again. No matter what what it is, I just keep getting bored of it eventually Mm -hmm. because everything gets mundane after a while, right? Yeah. And so it's up to me to get myself motivated again by thinking outside of the box. Instead of trying a new plan, I know that I need to build my habits because that's what's going to get me the results and the lifestyle that I want. So me finding a new diet or some other program that teaches a different way of building habits or something completely different altogether isn't going to serve me. So instead, what I need to find is how can i get myself excited in what i'm already doing how can i make it easier for me to do my current habits Mm. and that's the biggest thing that i've been focusing on is like what's going to excite me about hitting my movement habit today or how can i get excited about following my hunger cues
1: yeah i like to sort of describe that as, as taking an active role versus a passive role a lot of people tend to not necessarily on purpose, but they take a very passive role. So they might sign up to a program, they sign up to coaching, and after they've taken that action, it's kind of like, oh, this is gonna save me. And- I've been like that too. Yeah. In reality, that is never gonna work because you're not the one creating the results if that's how you're thinking about it. You're waiting for something to give you those results. And the way I sort of think about it, you've gotta be the one in the driver's seat and you've gotta have someone Guiding you along the way, but ultimately you are the one driving the car. You get the, to the destination.
0: Especially if you want your results and your plan to be sustainable long term, you have to have a sense of autonomy and control over your own plan. Because otherwise, you're not going to stick to it because it's someone else's plan. You're the only person who's going to know what plan is going to work for you at whatever time in your life. Yeah. This is another reason why I think habits are so fantastic because we can adjust our habits and we can shift and change things depending on whatever phase or stage of life we're in. Whereas if we're following someone else's diet or meal plan or following someone's strict workout program, that doesn't shift with you. Mm. (laughs) You have these external rules that you have to keep following no matter what's going on in your life. Whereas if you've got habits and if you've got flexible habits in particular, you're going to be able to adjust those and make them work for you. And that's what I think is the biggest thing that I've personally learned.
1: Yeah, and I think taking the reins and looking Mm -hmm. for opportunities to improve your ability to do that work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, like let's just look at something like walking rather than going like, oh, I just don't like walking, therefore I'm just not going to do it. It's like how can you look for ways to make it more enjoyable for you? You know, even if something isn't jiving with you straight away, like how can you make that just a little bit more enjoyable? You know, do you like listening to audiobooks or podcasts? Maybe you can do that while walking. Because then it becomes about you're still doing something you enjoy, which is listening to the audiobook or podcast, but you're also doing something else while you're doing that.
0: Mm. Or there's plenty of gyms that have treadmills with TVs. Yeah. (laughs) That like I think we used to make fun of that stuff, <laughs> <Definitely> but <did. laughs> it's one of those things where now I'm like, no, that's actually genius because someone who wouldn't normally walk is going to put their favorite TV show on and go for a walk rather than just sitting there. Yeah. That's a win.
1: Yeah. The scientists- It's a massive win. At Life Fitness who create the treadmills, they're onto something. <laughs> y- yeah. But
0: actually, like, I think that's a fantastic way for you to get movement in.
1: Yeah. That's right, and an easy way to think about it is imagine driving a car to a destination. You know, if you have no music or there's no stimulation and you take like the really boring route, it's gonna feel really boring, it's gonna suck. You're gonna wanna do anything else but drive to that destination. Mm -hmm. But if you go in the car and you take maybe the scenic route and you're listening to a song, maybe you've got other people in the car and you're singing along with the song, and Mm -hmm. it's a good time, you're still doing the very thing, like you're driving to that destination, but one's gonna be really boring and the other is gonna be really, really fun. It's up to you to make that decision, like how can you make it more fun for you? Yeah. And when something's fun to do, you're gonna to wanna to do it more.
0: Yeah, and another way I think to make it fun is to find the sweet spot of something that's challenging. So again, research shows us that there's this optimal area of stress. So when we're under-stressed or under-stimulated, we don't do stuff. Whereas also when we're overstressed or overstimulated, we don't do stuff either, right? And so we need to find this sweet spot where we have a little bit of stress and a little bit of challenge mm. enough to get us excited to do stuff. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's key, I think, with habits and something that I never thought about until recently because I would get super bored with these habits <laughs> And I would think that I needed to change the habit in order to make it more challenging. And what I've since realized is it's up to me to add that challenge in. So at the moment, if I have a goal to say, let's use my movement habit as an example. My lowest level is 10 to 15 minutes. My medium level of the habit is 20 to 30 minutes and my gold level of the habit. So on a best day, it's like 45 to 60 minutes plus. And so the way that I have discovered to make it a little bit more exciting and a little bit more challenging is to look at, all right, in, say, the month of August, how many walks do I want to go on or how many rides do I want to do or what's the distance that I want to achieve or what's a new skill that I want to learn? Like, for example, at the moment, a skill that I'm trying to learn is getting better at running. And that's adding this level of challenge in that I just never had before when I was just like, all right, I've got to do a workout today. Mm -hmm. Now it's like I'm actually progressing towards something. Mm -hmm. And another way that I've been sharing about on Instagram that I'm doing this month is a virtual challenge. So a virtual challenge, and I'm doing one with a company called Conqueror Challenges where you jump on their virtual challenge and they take you through a certain part of the world and then at the end of the challenge, once you've done the distance, you get a medal and you actually get the medal mailed to you in the post and so it actually feels like you've achieved something. You know, in each day when I do my walk, I log my distance and it contributes to this overall challenge, right? And the one that I've chosen is the Romantic Road in Germany and it's like 430 something kilometers or something like that. And so that's a challenge that is adding to me being interested in moving each day. And it's encouraging me to get out there and to log my distance and to practice my running and to practice my walking and doing all this stuff. But it's complementing my habit rather than changing my habit. Yeah. It's me finding a way to make my habit more exciting. Rather than me trying to find a new thing, a completely different program, which is what I would have done in the past. And I think it's just a really smart way to keep things interesting for yourself. And again, we've suggested a few ways that we've personally used, but there's so many different ways to keep things interesting. Yeah. So many different ways to add challenges in to your habits. I think the list is endless. Yeah. <laughs> so the second lesson that I've learned so far is... You're going to do more when you start believing that your minimum baselines are enough. And this one is huge because in the past, I very much didn't believe in minimum baselines. I thought, Mm. look, if if I'm going to do a five-minute workout, I may as well just do an hour. I'd be like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, that's not enough to even matter. So why should I bother? Right. And what happened is because my standard was like 60 minutes or nothing, I would constantly have days where I'd skip working out. Whereas now, for the entire month of August so far, and it's the 18th of August today, I haven't skipped a day. Whereas even the month before, when I wasn't tracking my minimum baselines, there would be a day where it's like, oh, nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Whereas now, it's like, I know that I'm tracking my minimum baselines and it makes me so much more likely to do it. When I believe that, all right, if I've done my 10 minutes for the day, I've achieved a win, that's enough. What's really crazy about minimum baselines is once you achieve the minimum baseline, you often then get motivated to do even more.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's, you know, like the workout example, for instance, I say this to a few clients who are like, oh, I'm just not motivated to do my workout at home with the equipment that I've got. And I'm like, just do the warm up if you get the the warm-up done that's it because like i know through experience of doing this myself that once you do the warm-up like you feel pretty good you're in a different state physically and you're likely to think differently so once you actually you get going you start to create that momentum by doing something small even if you just cut it at the the warm-up that's still a win
0: you've done something instead of nothing so that is something to celebrate yeah And that you're going to make progress way faster if you do a warm-up every day versus if you sit there and do nothing. That's right. Right. But most of us wouldn't do the warm-up because we think it's not enough. So then we choose to do something even less.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that that stems from... Human logic. That stems from that all or nothing thinking. And that's really the cause of many people falling off the bandwagon over and over again. It's this all or nothing thinking of like, I have to be perfect. Otherwise, I'm just not going to do it at all. and
0: it's definitely how my brain works naturally like I have to work really hard to override that tendency for the all or nothing thinking because I still fall into that pattern today
1: well we 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 all struggle with that from time to time and a lot of it is judgments that we think other people are going to make of us you know and
0: social comparison
1: yeah like something from you know I can sort of shed some light here as well with regards to like workouts for example for my clients a lot of them you know, we'll say like, Oh, I was really bad. I didn't do my workout today. And I'm like, that's like, there's obviously a reason why you didn't do it.
0: It doesn't mean you you're bad. That doesn't mean you're a
1: bad person. (laughs) You didn't
0: fail if you didn't do your workout, but you want to learn from why. Exactly. Was that workout perhaps too big of a goal for that particular day? Yeah. You know, if you had a minimum baseline that was an other alternative, would you have done something?
1: Yeah. And, and I that's think the key. I think it comes down to really resetting your expectations. Because a lot of the times people have expectations of what they should be doing. And that if they're not doing what they perceive as the right thing in their head, then they're doing the wrong thing. And they don't want to be associated with doing the wrong thing. So they do nothing. For example, I was chatting to a client about workouts again the other day. And in his mind, I think he was looking at me and making a judgment and a perception of like well you know unless i'm working out four or five times a week like you do that i must be somehow doing it wrong and the fact of the matter is like i don't always work out four or five times a week
0: just yesterday you posted a week of exercise where yeah. you did
1: two strength sessions two in that strength week.
0: sessions you did a few other workouts but yeah two strength sessions because you're getting back into things and this is the difference between how different people look at their workout routine and how they feel based on that. Mm. Like you said, their expectations, because you still felt like you accomplished your week of workouts. Yeah. And you only did two strength sessions. Yeah. Right. Whereas someone else would be like, oh, I only did two strength sessions. I suck. Yeah. And it's like, that's a mindset problem, not what you're actually doing. You accomplished two sessions. Exactly. Right. Maybe your goal was too big for your current ability or that week didn't fit in with the program that you decided to do
1: yeah you need to be flexible people here's the crazy things like and for me this was really big in the past like i was very much all or nothing thinking with workouts like i thought if i missed a workout i was going to lose all my gains and it is simply not true if you miss a workout or even if you miss a week you are not going to lose your gains
0: even if you miss a month or even longer than that yeah, you might lose some surface level fitness, but your body if your body's already been a certain fitness level, it's always gonna be easier to work back up to it. Yeah. Because you have muscle memory. Like your body has already worked at that capacity, it can get there again. But also building back up is not the worst thing in the world. Mm. It's only a problem if you make it a problem because you're comparing your fitness levels to someone else. Yeah. Think about it. If you were the only human on the world, you wouldn't think that you were unfit. You wouldn't think that you're not fit enough, right? But you're only thinking that because you're looking at what other people are doing and saying, well, I should be doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. If I sit there looking at other people and go, well, they can do all this running and stuff. I'll start to feel like absolute crap because I'm a beginner runner. Mm. Whereas when I go, holy crap, I ran for three minutes and I celebrate that because I'm not worrying about what other people are doing. I'm like, for me, that is an achievement. Mm. I feel amazing. Right. Whereas if I started going, oh, well, they can run for half an hour. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I'm pretty shit. Yeah. That's completely different mindsets. The same circumstance. Yeah. And the third lesson that I've learned so far is that sharing your journey publicly, even if you're just checking in with one other person, you don't have to share it on Instagram like I am. Just checking in with one person makes a massive difference. Hmm. And this is something I notice even not sharing on Instagram, even just speaking with, say, Aaron or someone else. When I share what I'm going to do with someone else, I find that the likelihood of me following through on that goes up <laughs> really high. <Yeah. laughs> Whereas sometimes when you're the only person who knows what you plan to do, it's easy, too easy to be like, yeah, can't really bother. Nah, I'm not going to do that today. Yeah. Whereas you, just that external accountability can be really helpful, right? And again, we do not you don't want to take it so far and start to compare yourself to other people or start to stress about if you do miss something, mm. <laughs> right? You've got to sort of know where your limits are there. But it can just be really helpful to check in with someone else. Or even if you just do share it on your Instagram, like whether people watch or not doesn't matter. Yeah. There's something really powerful in sharing your journey for yourself.
1: Even if you do get some responses back and and nine times out of 10, they're going to be positive responses anyway. Like if you post something up on Instagram, most of the people who either send you a, a direct message or they comment on it, nine times out of 10, it will be something encouraging.
0: Yeah, because people love to see other people doing stuff
1: well, the, even the, if it's small stuff if you think about it like this the act of you putting something out there that is potentially vulnerable other people see that as inspiration yeah a lot of other people think the exact same thing of they're too scared to put it out there and they're seeing someone do the very thing that they can't do themselves aka okay, you're putting a, you know, a post up that maybe you did something in particular they're going to be like hey that was awesome I wish I could do that it really comes down to reframing your thinking so rather than thinking like I'm going to completely embarrass myself that's what you think the worst person is going to say to you because in reality what if you putting something up inspires someone to completely transform their life
0: yeah I think sharing is really powerful because you can start to see that you're not alone and other people can start to see that they're not alone and I think that sometimes especially with social media we get so used to watching people who are miles ahead of us Mm. so sometimes it's just really refreshing to look at people who aren't miles ahead right and I mean I hope that that's me sharing my journey you can realize that I'm just a normal person like I have habits that are not by any means very impressive (laughs) but they're meaningful to me and I hope that that can inspire people to find things that are meaningful to them and to know that you don't have to be the fittest person in the world or the most disciplined person in the world to be able to reach your goals Yeah, you just have to find habits that are meaningful to you habits that contribute to results and then find ways to get them done find ways to make the, the journey fun like we were talking about earlier how can you make things exciting Right. One of those ways that you can make it a little bit more exciting and a little bit more challenging is to involve other people, Mm. whether it's posting your journey on Instagram, even if you make your account private, that's a really great way to share without having to share fully publicly. You're still sharing on social media, but you only, you control who sees it. Yeah. Right. Or messaging someone, the other person doesn't even need to be doing what you're doing. You can just say, hey, I'm going to like, do you mind if I check in with you? These are my goals. This is what I want to achieve this month. Do you mind if I just text you each day with what I've done? And if I don't text you, can you text me, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like there's no pressure there, but it can be just a helpful thing. Right? right. Like I'm doing this virtual challenge with my mom. She's not even that invested in it. Right. I'm super invested in it. And she's just sort of along for the ride, which is fine, because I don't want to force anyone to do anything, right? She's just contributing her walking distance each day, which is fantastic. But just the fact that she's doing it with me makes me feel a little bit more responsible for adding distance each day, mm. because I know that she'll see that I didn't put anything up yesterday. Yeah not in a negative way, not in a, like a super high pressure way. It's more just like, it's the difference between me sitting back and going, I'll just skip a day versus, oh, you know, I can just do five, 10 minutes. Yeah. So those are the major three lessons that I wanted to share with you today. Of course, there's so much we could talk for hours on the benefits and lessons from habits, but if you're not already, Follow along my journey on Instagram where you can actually see what what we've been talking about, what habits that I'm tracking this month. I've been enjoying sharing my habits on Instagram. It's not super detailed or super interesting, I, I think, but personally, I think it's been extra helpful for me to be having to share that every day. It just is that, again, an extra layer of accountability. It's helping me understand that my minimum baselines are enough You know, I'm sharing on Instagram, even when I'm only hitting my minimum baselines. And I still feel good about that. And I think that's a really big step forward, particularly for me, because in the past, (laughs) my expectations have been really high of myself. I've had that all or nothing thinking where, you know, if I only do a little bit, I feel like I failed. So that's something that's really important to me is to learn that my minimum baselines matter. Mm. And that even if I only do 10 minutes of exercise in the day, that's better than doing nothing. And I'm still going to publicly share that. It's just another way to keep things fresh and interesting. That's right. And I'm constantly looking for new ways to keep my habits fresh and interesting, Mm. which I think is really important for most other people as well. Because I mean, what's one of the biggest reasons we quit? It's either that we get bored and we think we need something different or it's that we stop doing stuff because we feel like we're failing and we're not reaching our expectations, Mm. right? So those two lessons are particularly really, really important if you're someone who's going to be wanting to lose weight, wanting to track your habits, wanting to eat better or whatever other goal you have for yourself.
1: So that's it for today's episode. We hope that you got some value out of today's topics that we spoke about. And remember, you know, especially when it comes to that accountability, that sharing publicly although it feels scary sometimes try to reframe that thinking as a way of keeping it interesting for yourself but also think about who else it might be inspiring
0: if you want to give sharing publicly a try feel free to send us a dm with your habits that you're doing you know or post on your stories and tag us in in your habits like if you do that you'll be inspiring me yeah you'll be inspiring aaron so if no one else Know that you're inspiring us. Yep. Even just showing up is something that makes such a difference.
1: 100%. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will both see you next time.
0: Ciao.